Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Threecast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, is Vince. Zach has died, but we'll, be, we'll return from the dead next week. We are here to talk about two issues that come out on September 12th, 2023, starting with Batman and Robin, number one, written by Joshua Williamson, Williamson illustrated by Simone DeMeo. And um, this is now the, uh, is this the third or fourth Batman and Robin series like of recent memory? I don't know. I mean, are you, what, what's recent? More, there's, there's, Morrison. there's the Morrison one. There's the New 52 one. Was there one other one? Well, the New 52 one got 52 issues, right? I believe so, yes. And, and then I don't think there was a Rebirth one. No, there wasn't. I wasn't sure if there was a... Uh, uh, if, if there was like a, a mini... There, there was probably a mini series or something along those lines, but... But this is the third sort of major because there hadn't been a Batman and Robin series for many years before Morrison brought it back. Um, so this is the third, you know, sort of major iteration of that book. Was there uh, even one that was called Batman and Robin before Morrison's? Uh, I I want to say there was. Hang on, you talk for a minute. I'm look this up. I, I'm looking it up. Let's both look it up. This is thrilling radio. There it is. Uh, there was uh, a serial in the. Uh, in the forties called Batman and Robin. Well, we're talking about comic books, not breakfast, Brian. <laughs> uh, Batman and Robin volume one, Grant Morrison. Yeah. So there you go. So, you know, there, there's no way to hear this title without thinking at this point of Morrison yeah. and what Morrison's sort of goal was for that book. And then that book in the new 52 was, uh, it started off kind of strong, and then just sort of became a little bit of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> just a uh, like uh, it was there. It wasn't anything all that interesting towards the end. I don't believe. Yeah, you had you had Villains Month, and then after that, it kind of oh, Actually, it was still to it was it still just get to forty issues. Maybe that's right. Yeah, maybe that's right. Um, I'm looking at it now. 40. Yeah. Yep. You're right. It had that big, like two face arc. And that's when I really yes. fell off with it. Um, I didn't think that was very good at all. Well, after Damian Wayne's death, there were all of those like mm. Batman and a red hood issue, Batman yep. and so-and-so. Um, yeah, that's it just, right. it just sort of lost its, it lost its focus somewhere along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, that's all. That's all prelude to this issue, which um, I want to hear your thoughts on, Vince. Um, boy, this is going to be a short episode this week, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I, I don't have a ton to say about this. It's, um, you know, you mentioned the. You can't help but think about Morrison's Batman and Robin. Well, I mean, this is the opposite of Morrison in that, like it's the least dense comic I've ever read. <laughs> it doesn't have a ton going on. That's not to say that there weren't things that I, that I liked about it. There there were, and we, and we'll talk about those, but boy, oh boy, as far as like what happens and what the pitch for this book is, it's really thin. Um, 
Bruce and Damien are are back together working as partners, which is very refreshing, by the way. I I, yes. I enjoy the dynamic at play here. Um, and Gotham's animal themed villains are mysteriously working together for some reason, and that's the extent of of really what we had what we're dealing with here. Um, and to be honest, I don't that side of things, the animal villains plot part, I can't pretend to give a shit about um <laughs> i have to say i i the the animal-based villains of gotham are some of my least favorite least intriguing don't really care what they have going on you're not an orca head no not an orca head um there's just not a ton of meat there and i don't think the book is attempting for there to be you know um the the white rabbit appearance at the beginning of the comic is particularly egregious um just because that's a character that like you know aside from this very cheesecakey cover um <laughs> that i'm looking at right now uh the variant not, cover the variant cover yeah um not it's art germ also by the way of course of course um is. There's nothing going on with that character. And Williamson isn't pretending that there is either. You know, um, she's thrown in there. Her goons, I, I don't I don't remember this being the case, but her goons are the black. She's white rabbit and her goons are the black rabbits. <laughs> and they're just these like ninjas that get their ass kicked. I, I don't know. It's it's all very slight. The best stuff in this issue by far is when Bruce and Damien are out of costume and all of that stuff, it's about half the issue, I would say, is is very enjoyable. Yes, um, I, I agree with that. I mean, I but like you said, I don't think anybody's pretending that the White Rabbit is, is of any note here, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of that, that entire sequence is just designed to show how Bruce and Damien are working together now and how they have a bit more of a playful relationship than we've ever really seen them have before. Like the way... They're talking about like you know keeping track of who who knocks out more goons, and uh, they do a little fist bump somewhere, and they're like, all that stuff is just meant to show you this. That even though these characters have been at odds, it seems like almost their entire, almost the entire existence of Damian Wayne, Damian and Bruce have been at odds somehow. Um, despite that, they're working well together now. But then there's some scenes in there that Williamson writes that shows us that maybe they're not quite as in sync as they appear you know whether it's damien not wanting to go to high school etc etc and Mm. all that stuff is fine like but my my main complaint with that is that none of the conflict that's happening between bruce and damien feels particularly new here while we haven't seen this exact discussion between these two characters before we've seen variations on this essentially since bruce came back from the dead just Bruce's desire for Damien to have a more, quote, normal life. Damien's absolute horror at the idea of such a thing. All of that is is relatively well-worn territory for these characters. That's not to say it's not done well here, but I, there was nothing in this issue that felt particularly revelatory or new, either for these two characters or for the status quo of the Bat Books. Well, you know what's revelatory is and I'm I'm I hope that this is not where the comic goes. I fear it because they do it all the time. 
But I would love for these two to just work together and have these conflicts, but stay together. You know what right. I mean? Yes. That would be the most refreshing thing out of all of this. And that's why I like, I really like what Williamson is doing with them outside the cowl here because um, these moments of them butting heads, it's a parent and his teenage son, you know, like, yep. All of that rings extremely true. You know, you you were you were talking about how, you know, it's just these little things about not wanting to go to a traditional high school, uh retire retiring to his room and 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 shutting the door on Bruce kind of when he's trying to talk to him, you know. These are all things that teenagers do. And if you can keep that kind of conflict going, I think you really have something here versus the kind of conflicts that they like to have between Bruce and Damien, which is that they have a fight. One or the other does something the other doesn't like. They blow up and don't see each other for six months to a year. Right. (laughs) In the comic, like in the publishing schedule, you know, and it's that is so annoying. So I'd actually be relieved if it's just this piddly shit that they're uh, arguing over and butting heads about you know i agree with you on sort of a grand scale but that said i don't know if i personally have interest in reading 20 issues 20 pages a month of them just like arguing about uh you know um common core math or whatever like there needs needs to be something more here than that i think Uh uh-huh um what I yeah, did, yeah uh, you're 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 not wrong you're not wrong but as a as a first issue as a as a little taste of what's to oh, come, sure sure I'm I'm optimistic by that stuff yeah what I was less optimistic about was the Simone de Mayo art yeah yeah we I we've just we've been over this and it's just not my preferred style same and, and I, I'm gonna use a phrase here. That is going to come off sounding harsher than I want it to. So I'm prefacing it with that. This art just looks cheap to me. There is like one of my favorite things about comics. And the other book we're going to talk about tonight is a book that looks anything but cheap. It looks really, really poured over and really um, every brushstroke is considered. This almost feels like AI art in that. And this is this is I want to again make another caveat here. This is specifically the in costume stuff. Yes, yes, yes. I was going to make that note too. That like again, the bits of them out of costume interacting as a civilian father and son. All of that stuff is is well done. Looks great. Um, the characters are well designed. They're appealing to look at their expressions and the, when they talk to one another, that stuff all looks great. Damien making break. There's nothing wrong with any of those scenes, but yes, you're correct. When they are in costume, it really plays up the like digital aspects of the mm-hmm. art. The what uh, what appears to be some amount of like smoothing or I I don't I don't have the words for like the effect, but but definitely like the digital paint there's times where there's like a heavy digital like spray painting effect on yes. the, the like shadowing um or the shading and 
I, you, you see that stuff and it's, st- I don't have the words for it, but you know it when you see it. It's like pornography, right? Like, yeah, it's well, there's also, there is this color palette that DeMeo does with, um, again, specifically with the battle sequences where it looks to me a lot like the, um, the sort of color palette that we were getting in Future State, mm-hmm. where it's a lot of these sort of neons and, uh, you know, um, just like a, I don't even know how to describe it. Just there, there's this artificiality to it, which in the context of Future State worked really well, I think. But here it works less. It doesn't work as well as that. It just again, I hate the word cheap because that's that's a that's not super descriptive, and it's also something that is uh, that is you know tough to to necessarily articulate why it just looks like shit to me. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, yeah, it's it's really the it, it is the color scheme majorly, and and you know what I I want to get this out here too. I think I've I've said this before, but as much as I like Jorge Jimenez's art. Um, and like when he does a, when he does a bat book, um, it's worth checking out for the art. Even if the story's not, not that great. I'm thinking of like some of the tiny and stuff that I didn't love from that run was still great to look at. Mm-hmm. However, I have the same complaints about the color scheme at times, specifically out in Gotham. Yes. I, I don't like the way that, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is a specifically a, Jorge problem or a DeMeo problem necessarily. I think it's a choice that is being made with w- what Gotham has looked like since maybe even before future state, mm-hmm. but they are really making Gotham into like a techno um, city with lots of like modern architecture. And you'll see a gargoyle every once in a while, but it's really it really looks more like a modern metro um, with lots of neon and very like nondescript indistinct buildings. Um, Just a lot less weird than I want Gotham to look, you know, that's a really good way to put it. Yeah. Um, And that's, that's just pervading every, every mainline DC bat book these days. Um, I would have the same complaints about, about pretty much any time Gotham is depicted in like a post future state uh, DCU. Yeah, I concur with all of that. Um, yeah, uh, I, I think we're I think we're essentially saying the same thing about this book, which is that there are there are elements of this that are good. There are elements of this that are not so good. But overall, what I'm I, I think we're both concerned about this turning into what this issue mainly avoids, which is Bruce and Damien just being into their throats and and sort of quote breaking up because of that. Um, so yeah, that's that is the story of Batman and Robin number one. Yeah, can I talk about something tangential to this book, but that may involve it? Absolutely. There was some rumor, and I can't remember. It was probably Dirty Old Uncle Rich um, that had this, but I there was some rumor I saw that said the Bat Family would break up in 2024, which like 
How many Talk fucking of, times have we seen that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, oh, it's going to be another earth-shattering change to the Bat family status quo, whatever. I sincerely hope, because it does look like it's going that way with the Gotham War stuff and, like, the rest of his family kind of being up against him except for Damien. Mm-hmm. I really hope if they choose to do that, that they keep Damien on his side then. Because yes. I, I, I don't need another uh, storyline or, or status quo where Bruce is a loner and everybody else is off doing their same. Uh, we, we just did that. Damien had his own book uh, where he was globetrotting because they needed to get him as far away from Bruce as possible. You know? Yeah. W- to do that again, <laughs> what is the point? You know? Um. So I do hope if they go that way, they they really get Damien to stick on Bruce's side. I think that, like you alluded to, that would actually be a new status for the character if they weren't constantly at odds all the time. If if Damien was the only one that he could trust uh, at this moment, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's interesting. So there, there's a line in here, I forget which of the... Um animals say it to him but they say something like oh we heard the whole bat family is against you except for except for the birdie or whatever talking about you know talking about robin mm-hmm. and i guess that's supposed to be gotham more stuff yeah but they don't it's weird they don't do an editor's box no the editor box everything else in comics with this right. one thing which would be useful as the gotham more just started it would be a great thing to re- refresh people's memory of but it's not there that that fire and ice book had two editors boxes alluding to action comics and uh and that power girl special yes but they didn't feel that this needed it i i think it's you know it does it's a nitpick it doesn't bother me that much but i do think it's funny when editorial seems to be inconsistent like that yes it reminds me of when when scott snyder once told us that uh he wanted to do some edited out or censored cursing in one of his i can't remember if it was batman or if it was justice league mm-hmm. and the, the his editor said oh we don't do that here but if you looked <laughs> i think there were other books coming out at the time where they definitely did that <laughs> probably the same week that that book came out <laughs> yes yes so it's just funny how like different editors or different uh different corners of the publishing have different ideas about what uh, the style guide is at any given moment or, or yeah. whatever you want to say, you know? Yeah. Especially like this is the number one issue. This is a number one from DC's like top writer right now. You would think that this is a book that people might be coming on to who aren't reading the rest of the Batman status quo right now. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it would be the perfect place for such an editorial box, but oh well. Hello, denizens of Earth 1218. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. That brings us to our second book of the week, which is Batman Gargoyle of Gotham, number one. This is written and illustrated by Raphael Grandpa. Um, 
Vincey, I want you to start this one off. I know, I know Zach was very excited to talk about this, so his death is unfortunate for a number of reasons. Yeah. Uh, I want you to start talking about this issue and what you thought about it. Maybe I'll do some Haitian voodoo and we can commune with Zach about uh, it. That's a reference to our Patreon, patreon.com slash JC3cast. I always try to give you a little segue into, into mentioning the Patreon. I appreciate that. That's buddy. the most promotion I will ever do for that show. <laughs> I'm aware. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, okay, you want me to start off with this. Okay, yeah, so... Well, it's original. I'll give it that. Um, I... This was more or less exactly how I expected to feel about this comic which is that I love the way it looks. I could look at a book that looks like this all goddamn day. Like it is brilliantly rendered all the way around. I love uh, grandpa's art. I always have, I will take a Raphael grandpa book anytime I can get it. They're few and far between the story. I will say that I really appreciated the original, the originality of the villain. Like very much so. What could have been easily just another um, prestige creator doing their turn on Batman with like the Joker or whoever um, was refreshing because it didn't go that route. And I really appreciated that. Um, I liked that the villain, it felt like a bat villain. It felt very much like a, a version of the Joker or a Joker esque villain without it being the Joker and without it being a ripoff of the Joker, but it felt like it, it works in that corner of kind of like a madcap kind of insanity character, but it's filtered through this like obsession with this cartoon Mm-hmm. Uh, from the character's past and the violent thoughts that the cartoon manifests in their mind. Like that is a very intriguing villain visually and conceptually like fits among Gotham's milieu. I I really got to give grandpa props for that. Um, and I loved what, what he did with the art when it came to that character and making these cartoony kind of old, like, uh, you know, Bosco cartoons, cartoon style uh, visuals and or Betty Boop or what have you, you know, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff looked great. The way that like it integrated very well, it didn't feel out of place or it felt like just out of place enough to have the effect yes. that, that he was going for, you know, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't feel like something completely pasted on outside of outside of the feel and tone of the comic in in any way that was inappropriate. Um, What I will say that I didn't really care for so much is a good chunk. Well, (laughs) a good, a good chunk of this was, and you get this a lot with writers who are doing their, like, again, their like first solo take on Batman or their first written take on Batman, which is that, they're going to give you the rundown of Gotham city. They're going to talk about what a festering hole it is. Bruce, Bruce is narrating as if he's Walter Koufax, <laughs> you know, Rorschach. Like it is, it's very, 
it's laid on very heavy. It's very thick. Some of the imagery is appropriately. I, I did ap- appreciate that. Like grandpa would show you things in the beginning of this issue that you wouldn't be able to get away with in like your mainline bat title. Can they even do that? <laughs> they even do that. Um, but he really does lay it on extremely thick. I don't think the writing and the narration is particularly good. Oh, the narration um, is by far the worst part of the, uh, of the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's no, I mean the opening lines, I, I'm I, apologies to grandpa, but no child should call the grave of his murdered parents home because Gotham city and that grave are the same. <laughs> Thanks. We got it in the first sentence. <laughs> but my favorite one was, cause this sounds it's like it's gotta drill- be your bull. Yeah, yeah. This no. one sounds like a drill tweet. This is so bizarre, so complex and fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Thank you. I'm glad you mentioned that one because I did chuckle at it when I read it, but I didn't write it down and I would have forgotten to talk about it. But yes, everything I just said about the villain being like original and interesting, <laughs> he already was that without you telling the reader, like, this is so fascinating. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this, wild. This is a beautiful looking book that is written like dog shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, the villain is unique. I like the visuals of the villain quite a bit, but there is nothing in the in the general story or specifically in the uh narration that is that is worth uh that is worth the price of admission for me here. I mean, mm-hmm. I really, really disliked the like robotic we must kill Bruce Wayne so that uh, the Batman can survive stuff like that's that's an old chestnut at this point and it's handled about as poorly as you can handle it here it's just this whole thing and I hate to to lump a whole group of people together here but this is the type of shit that you get when you want to let a when you want to keep an artist happy and so you let them write their own book without without really having sort of any editorial oversight on them, this really feels like nobody here was keeping an eye on what Grandpa was doing. And so it becomes just what well, feels very much like a first like a first draft of a story that could have been crafted into something much, much better. Um, and I hate saying that because I, I I I don't want these I don't want these creators to not be given the chance to do something vital and interesting, and I think that there is there is some good stuff in here. Like we said that 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 main that villain is really clever, and there's a lot of great I mean absolutely gorgeous art here, but I don't know if that's worth all of the just grown worthy narration that we get throughout this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the worst part is, is I don't think you need it. Imagine. No, I if... agree that that's a great point. Yeah. This would have worked fine without narration from huge chunks of it. Yeah. Take, take all of the narration boxes out of the first, uh, let me semi count the pages here. Six or seven pages, right? Yep. Take them away. All you see are these like gruesome images of Gotham City. That that is all the establishment you need. Absolutely, you know? you're given everything in the art, and the art looks great. Um, 
but I, it's trying, it's trying to be profound and it, it doesn't end up. Uh, I mean, writers do this all the time with Gotham city and part of the, this is part of the problem where like we have read a million Batman books at this point and, yes. um, you know, people people keep buying them, but the reason that we complain about it all the time is because of how often we see this shit. How often do we see? We, we've got him saying here, uh, we decompose, losing what makes us human. We can't understand why. Why are we rotting? You know, all this stuff about like got the people of Gotham City uh, rot, rotting away or whatever. You know, like it's been done a million times. Nobody has a good. Um, nobody has a good like thesis statement on it. I feel like every writer that does this where they go like Gotham is a shithole and, 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 and we just let it happen. And, and Batman doesn't fix the problem either. And then there's never a solution. Um, But it also doesn't do a good job of being like ambiguous either, you know, like Mm -hmm. there's never any nuance when a writer does this. Um, and there's even less when a writer artist does it, I yes. feel like we saw the same thing from, from David Finch. Um, I feel like we saw similar stuff from, uh, um, oh God, I'm blanking on his name right now. Um, uh, give me a hint here. Uh, 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 good hint. No, I can't. The just just came out with the book um, for Black Label. Um, oh f- fuck! He worked on the Darkness video games. What the hell? Uh, Leah Sharp? No, 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 no. He worked on some video games. Nah, no, no, no. I'm I'm. This is a obvious big name that I just completely am blanking on right now. Top Cow guy. Um, oh. Um... Fucking oh, hell. Uh, fucking the uh, Sylvester, Mark Sylvester. Yes, thank you. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Once um, you said top cow, I got it, but yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh man. My mind. Um, yeah, we just got that bat book, which was very much like again, this is Batman 101 type stuff. Um not not particularly subtle and not <sighs> yeah. So anyway, um and and that's all this is, and the, and the narration is really, really drab in that way, and and quite silly at times. Let me find another very silly line that I didn't write down, but I remember. Sure, um, sure. Here it well, is. Okay, go for it. A ch- a child becomes a spectator to his parents' murder, and that child became me. Yep. I, what? I'm glad are you pointed that out. That's a terrible, me? terrible. Like, that's a, that's another one where like the first line is bad enough, right? Yes. But you if you've read a single Batman comic or read a or watched a single Batman movie in your life, you know he's talking about Batman. Yes. <laughs> you don't a child becomes a spectator to his parents' murder. The editor should have said, take that second box out, please. In fact, yep. I'm removing it for you. Um Yep. Yeah. Woof. And it's a shame because this does look so great. Oh yeah, it looks awesome. I will I will read the next issue just to see how it looks. 
I, I will I will page through the next issue. I don't know if I'll have to take the time to read it. Um, but that's not on that's not on on. Yeah, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love his design for the the bat costume. Um, yeah, it's it, it's very cool and it's very different. It's very different. It it's got like elements of the Robert Pattinson one where like the the ears and the top of the mask are kind of separate and it it lets more of his lower half of his face and his jawline and everything out. It looks like a take on that costume, but like um even even weirder and more detailed and and kind of appealing looking than that one does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with that. I also think that some of the uh I don't know if the uh what is the name of the car? Is it, is it called the blind the blind mobile, the blind car, what do they call it? I have I, I didn't write that down. I don't remember. <laughs> but it's it, it's a it's essentially just the Batmobile, but it's it has no windows on it whatsoever. It's all steel. And while that's a fun idea, it's it's sort of a terrible idea at that. And nothing about the way Grandpa writes it makes it seem any better. The blind um, machine. Blind machine. There we go. Yeah. Um, you know, again, like, you know what this reminds me of visually the most? And it's this seems Grandpa's work I would not call very similar to this artist's work. But in the way the designs of specifically that blind machine reminds me a lot of like Sean Gordon Murphy's work. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and much like that, I think much like this, rather, I think Sean Murphy's stuff often looks good, but is vapid at best. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not surprised that this is sort of similar to that. I wish I wish it was otherwise, but it's not. Yeah. Um, but Vince, that, what that's honest. It? That's honestly what I expected when when the book was announced. You know. Yes. Yes. You know, I, there, maybe there was some uh, some hope beyond hope that we were going to get something more interesting out of this, but that's okay. It still looks great. Yeah. Ten out of ten. Uh, what comes out next week? There, Vince. Uh, Next week, Batman Superman. Well, it's it's uh nine nineteen. Correct. Uh Batman Superman World's Finest number nineteen. Batman White Knight presents Generation Joker number five. Uh Catwoman fifty seven. Cyborg number three. Green Lantern War Journal number one. Um Hawk Girl number three. Nightwing one oh six. Superman six. Titans three. The Vigil five. And Tom King's Wonder Woman number one. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be interesting to to talk about a couple of those books next week. I'm excited to to dig into them. Uh, until then, if you have to find me, I'm on social media at Brian Needs a Nap. Uh, Zach's Ghost is also still on social media at The Wilk of Z. If you need to find Vince, he is having to be talked out of writing his most uh, deplorable thing he's ever done in a text message. <laughs> it was stupid, not deplorable. Oh, okay. Sorry. My apologies. Anyway, thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next time. Goodbye. Five Moynihan is the better version of Horatio Sands.